Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett, and welcome to a fresh new year, a year full of possibilities that are endless. And so I invited on a very special friend, somebody who's a fellow podcaster and one of my best forevers. Please welcome Elisa Lucas of Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. Hi. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I love starting the new year fresh. So I like that I'm the first person in 2019. So thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Once I met Elisa and listened to her podcast, I knew she was going to be somebody I was going to have on my podcast. Let's just get a little context for who you are, Elisa. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and sort of the rest of your life and who you are? Yeah, sure. So I was interested in starting Best Forever's a podcast for kindred spirits because I'm someone who has always loved friendships. I, I kind of joke that I came out of my mom's womb looking for friends, like, where are you at? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and so friendship has always been really critical to my life. And I kind of felt like as a child and as I was going through schooling and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, that we just didn't pay that much attention to friendship. It was always in the shadow of family or romantic relationships. Although I believe family and romantic relationships are really important, I don't think that uh, friendships are unimportant. I really wanted to sort of lift friends up. And so I would say since I was in middle school, high school, college, that I would always focus on friendships. I would write papers about friendship. And, you know, I was interested in media and relationships. And so that didn't really produce a lot of opportunities for things that I wanted to do. And I didn't really think about college much. But I did uh, go to community college, and it was a relational class there that really, that was sort of the nail in the coffin, if you will. This is, this is what I'm going to do. So I went to Michigan State as an undergraduate student, and then I stayed there for my master's degree in communication, focusing on friendships. And so I look at how friends communicate. After I did my master's, I went to Penn State to do my PhD And I continued discussion of friendship. And that was a great experience because at Penn State, it was my advisor, Walid Afifi. He was very much like, well, why is this important? And so he really got me thinking about, it's not just that, of course, friends are important, but why and how. And so he really sort of broadened the way I think about relationships and think about friendship and think about research. And so I am now a college professor at Central Michigan University. I teach classes in relationships and theory, gender communication, lying and deception, the dark side of interpersonal communication. I also teach some of our required classes, like the capstone, the class that students take as they transition from college to career. And next semester, I'll be starting the class interviewing. And so as I've been podcasting for over a year, and I've done focus group interviewing, and I've done corporate interviewing, and now I've done podcast interviewing, I'm like, I think I can do this interviewing class. (laughs) So we're adding that in. And so I would say, that's my work life, a college professor. So I teach, I conduct research, and I do service. And I try to do things that are all related to my interests in friendship and relationship. One of the things, though, if you're not familiar with academics, is that it can be quite a difficult process to publish research. I mean, one of my articles that was published, it took six years from the project start. And I actually don't even think it's out in hard copy yet. It's out online, but it's not in hard copy. 
I understand the process, but it can be frustrating at times. And so I was thinking, well, if it takes six years for people to figure out this information they need in an academic journal, how might it be helping people? And so I was thinking, well, if I start a podcast, then the voice I've always had about friendships can then I can then have a platform that I can control a little bit more and be able to talk about the things I want to talk about. And on the podcast, I'm all about celebrating friendships. So I love to hear friendship stories. I talk about issues related to friendships. So I've talked about how social media can be problematic. I've talked about how ghosting can be problematic to friendships. And so really, the idea is that if you love on friendships, or you think friends are just as important as I do, that there's both yay stories, if you will, and ways to get advice or think about other things that can be that can put a damper on our really important friendships. So, you know, I'm really pleased with the first year. And I don't know about you, but podcasting, it's kind of like you get bit by the bug and you're like, let's keep doing it. Let's do more. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> so in October of 2018, I started a second podcast. It doesn't come out as frequently as Best Forever's but it's called Fatalities. And it's a true crime podcast that focuses on friends getting together. And the idea is it's Fatalities, but it's spelled T-E-A-S, so that it's over T that friends get together. And that's one of the things that I know about friendship is that friends talk about things and you usually talk about things with your friends when you have something in common with them, whether it be musicals, movies, gardening, whatever the case might be, that you get together and talk. And so the podcast really focuses on talking about cases that have struck a chord with us and kind of talking through why it struck a chord with us. And is there something that can be done about the issue? Is there something that we need to be more aware of. Mm. And as we talk about these difficult things, you know, it's not just like taking in true crime and just being like, oh, that was sensational or scandalous. It's why does it stick with us and what can we do? And so as you can see, the second podcast does get at more personal interests, but it still takes the form of friendship that it's friends coming together because the primary thing we do is chat. You know, when you think about podcasts and the power of podcasting and the power of choosing a niche or a specific topic is that the choosing friendships as a topic, it could go in so many different directions. Yeah. And for you and for me as a listener and a fan of your podcast, I get to learn so much about you. And then all these people become my friends because they're in my ears and we're listening to these very intimate conversations and people laughing and telling origin stories about their friendships. But then there's this evolution of things going deeper mm -hmm. because we're all having these conversations and we're all listening to each other and discovering things about ourselves. And, and so I can see how this could progress into this second mm -hmm. podcast. It is true crime is one of my interests. And you know, I kind of joke, well, it's obvious I grew up in a house with a defense attorney dad and a mom who was a librarian. So it's like you get the interest from your dad who might be defending some of these people. And then you have a mom who can help you research it. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but I think those things start to build into how you think about the world, what you think is important. There's still a level of Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like community or solidarity or trying to find understanding with another person, empathy for these cases that have happened. 
when we do have difficulties in our life, when we do have stressors in our life, the people we do turn to are our friends. And one of the things I was going to say, Heidi, is that you talked about listening to podcasts and becoming friends and you hear these origin stories. I would say that two of the most surprising things that happened since I started Best Forevers is one, how many friends that I've made, mm-hmm. <laughs> including you and other what I might call pod friends, um, other podcasters or listeners that don't podcast at all. And my students who listen and are like, I can't wait to hear this episode because, you know, that is really close to me. Like I've had an experience and I want to feel like I'm not alone or I want to know what I can do differently next time or while that friendship was really inspiring, I need to start a tradition with my friend or I need to text my friend. I haven't talked to them in so long. And so I think it's like really neat to make these friends and make these connections. But additionally, I see myself growing. I mean, I've studied friendship for a really long time. I've been a professor or in school for a very long time. (laughs) I think I'm in the 35th grade right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as I as I've been hosting Best Forevers, I feel like I've had a well-lived life with friendship. But that's not the case for everyone. It's sort of in a way or makes me aware that I might have what you could call friendship privilege, that I've had the privilege of, of having friends or making friends easily. That hasn't always been the case. I've had some very quiet or lonely parts that did not have a lot of friendship or I didn't feel like I had people close by. But at the same time, as a podcaster, I have to realize that not everyone has a friendship origin story that might be like what is shared on the podcast or that people don't have the same experiences or it's just so darn hard to make friends as an adult, right? Um, Or at any age. And so I've really taken that to heart. I started a campaign that's ongoing called Join Alisa on a Bench. I'm committed to collecting or purchasing or getting donated benches that I can give some tender love and care to etching donors names into those benches and then donating them to like schools or campuses or parks or other places in which we can encourage friendship and then really trying to take on issues that can be problematic and being sure that I have a wide range of voices, men's voices, women's voices, LGBTQ, whatever the case, that it's not just one view of friendship that we are looking at everything. And I think that's really been great to learn as I started a podcast, I feel like I've grown a lot. I think it's just fascinating to see when we we have an intention around something we want to create and share, something that we're impassioned about. For me, I feel like as a coach for multi-creative folks, mm-hmm. I am always talking about how connections with others is so important and a connection to ourselves. And so there's this sort of circular balance to play around with in being um, inspired and listening to our own intuition and doing our deep work, which can be something that we do solitarily. Mm -hmm. And then the power of these collaborations. But sometimes when I say collaboration, I really mean just hanging out with friends and talking. So some of my best girlfriends, uh, Jennifer and Joanne, we get together once a month, most Mm -hmm. seasons. Some seasons are so busy, we just say, forget it in the (laughs) summer. (laughs) Let's meet for a cocktail. But but in the fall and in the spring, mostly we meet once a month. And it's these friendships. It's these people that are letting you speak 
and listening and giving encouragement, giving feedback mm -hmm. that really inspire me to move forward on projects or mm -hmm. talk out um, solutions or find new things I've never even thought of, or just, you know, give me a hug or say, mm -hmm. yes. wow, that sounds really rough, what you're going through or whatever, you know, giving us that empathy and that love mm -hmm. and compassion. Mm -hmm. And so it is an integral, integral part of the creative process. And yeah. it's an integral part of our overall feeling of well-being. And so I thank you for taking that topic on in your studies and then expanding it into a podcast and then sharing all these resources and then putting into the world some very specific ways that you can expand it. Like you said, your friendship privilege expanded out so that it's available to more people. I mean, wow, what that just blows my mind. It's it's awesome. And and I think one thing that speaking about 2017 and 2018 and, and some of our challenges mm -hmm. in social media and in the world. <laughs> and I say that, I guess, because I think, you know, a lot of what we're finding out about the world or, or how we're sharing in the world is through social media is that mm -hmm. there's this huge challenge to both be an activist and be um, engaged and sometimes be angry and, mm -hmm. you know, resist, but also to connect and heal and share resources. Those two things are going on. And I'm sort of talking about them in broad terms, but, you know, in reaction to all these big challenges. But then there's this double edged sword of that, because then there's all this stuff happening at us. You know, we're re reading other people's reactions. We're trying to be loving and supportive of people who are in, you know, worse situations than us, trying to listen to their struggle. But then that can be all very overwhelming for all of us. And what you've laid out as your your modus, <laughs> what you've been doing, yes. <laughs> how you've been affecting the world with your lens, your point of view. It's a lesson in be the change you want to see in the world. It's saying this is something I feel is important. Yeah. These relationships and the opportunity to make relationships, I think is, yeah, it's extremely important in my studies and compassion is that we need to feel connected. And sometimes that means connected and united as a front, mm -hmm. but it also means connected in surprising ways where we meet people that maybe on the surface we don't realize how much we have in common with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you don't have that much in common, but you can still find a thread of um, humanity that mm -hmm. can connect you. So it makes me think of a couple things. Like, one, uh, I was I taught a new class last semester called COM 100 here at Central Michigan, and it's it's a introduction class to our majors and minors. So it's a one credit, eight week class. I've never taught it before. Um, and so I had some assistance from a colleague, like these are some of the things I do. And and so at the end of the semester, I had the, or at the end of the eight week class, <laughs> I had them write a self-analysis paper. And one of the questions that my colleague has suggested is what is your purpose in life? And not only was it amazing to hear what 18 to maybe 24 year olds, because um, there is a range, a lot of people don't find communication until like their junior year, when the mm -hmm. class is maybe intended for first year, second year students. Not only is it amazing to hear what they want to do, and certainly that might change 20 times over between now and 
when they're done with, you know, their degree and they're moved on. And even 20 years from now, it might, it might look different, but it's still amazing for them, for me to, to read what they believe their purpose is here. But not only that, it makes me think about it as well, right? And one of the things that I, I find challenging in the times that we're in is there's so much going on and there's so many things I want to support. There's so many things that I, that I stand behind and believe in. And there's so much happening every single day that it's hard to be a person that can do that for 10 to 20 different topics, right? If you're for the environment, does that not mean you're, you're for trans rights? Uh, if you uh, support trans folks, like, does that mean you can't support this other area, you know, so on and so forth. And I find that to be really challenging. And I know deep in my being that friendship is my purpose, right? That is my purpose. And there are ways to be a friend for any of those issues, any issue that you come up with, that connection is important. And so I actually witnessed uh, someone um, having a difficult time online. It's someone I met a couple times, mainly speak through social media. Didn't seem like things were going right. Felt like it was something weird was going on. And it felt like something I had experienced too. I reached out to that person. I didn't think I would hear back from them. And then I did. And it was like a day going back and forth. And Although I know that this person and I are not truly friends, he's not a true friend, right? Like he's not someone in my life, but I could be a friend to him for even that couple of hours, then that's what makes the difference. But I still struggle with that. Like I, I do think that no matter the issue, there's a way to make a connection with someone else. And as you mentioned, to find compassion, um, there's a way to be friends to people. And I think that is really at the core of who I am. But I still struggle like, okay, I need to be concerned about the environment. I need to be concerned about right. you know, the election we had in November. We need to be concerned about this thing, that thing, that thing. It's, it's a really overwhelming time. And certainly at the heart of it, who's going to help us get through it? All of our significant relationships, the person in me who will never shut up about friends will say, don't forget your friends. <laughs> I'll never stop talking about friends. You can't make me stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had this idea that I shared with you uh, as we were emailing and getting this put together. And I mentioned that and there's something I do with my clients and some of my friends. And I thought that it would be cool for us to do this together. Mm -hmm. And then also, I would like to invite listeners and the folks in our Patreon Vibrant Visionaries community to take part in this as well, if you'd like to. So I'll have this all written out. I'll have these questions written out in the show notes. And these are things you can um, share with us on Twitter at Vibrant Vizcast. You can also share on Instagram at Vibrant Visionaries on Instagram or in the Patreon group, which I always have a nice link to. So what this is, is I'm just going to ask a few questions. And the first few will be regarding last year. So they'll yep. be thinking about sort of reflecting on the year previous. Mm -hmm. And then the other ones will be 
thinking about the new year. So these are not resolutions, but more of a reflect and intend. And I do love those fresh starts. And I have stopped doing resolutions, but rather bucket lists Mm -hmm. or reflections. So I am on board with this. Let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so reflect and intend. Let's start now. So the first question that I'm going to put to you regarding last year, 2018, what did you learn? Uh, 2018 was a jam-packed year for me, both creatively and career-wise, which sometimes overlaps. And I would say that I've learned that I need to always consider who I am. And I guess that goes back to sort of the question that I posed to my COM 100 students, which was, you know, what is your purpose in life? And sometimes I think we feel like we lose our way, but I just have to be reminded of who I am, which I think I have a really clear identity in who I am, you know, that I believe that everyone deserves to be happy, healthy, and safe. I believe that we can be friends to anyone, even for a short amount of time, uh, especially when people need it. I always think we should be our authentic selves. I have the hashtag, you do you. And so I think this past year has been really about being myself. And I think that has happened through podcasting. Uh, Starting the podcast has helped me decrease, not eliminate, but decrease my perfectionist tendencies. Because if I was still a 100% perfectionist like I was beforehand, I would have never started a podcast. Because there is no way that any episode that goes out is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And I think all podcasters know that, whether it be, oh, there was a noise there, or I said that word wrong, or I did this thing, I did that thing. It is ripe for hammering on yourself. (laughs) I feel like doing the podcast, it's like, okay, well, if I can fix that, I can. And if not, it's either, you know, a notification, like the sound is off on this part, or it's like doing better the next time. And so it really has been a joy to do the podcast, because I think it has really helped me focus on not being a perfectionist. I think about like what you do with coaching for multi creatives. And I, you know, Heidi, I don't recall if we had this conversation when you were on Best Forever's but I have never considered myself a creative person. I think that I was too indoorsy, too on the couch watching TV to think that I was someone who created anything. And I think that a lot of times people might have a narrow conception of what it means to be creative. And I was certainly one of those people. I definitely would say I was creative now. And I think the last year has really helped with that. My best friend, Kate, she's an artist. So she does paper cut art. She does multimedia art. She does illustration, comics, fine art, you name it. And and she's amazing. And she's created all of my logos and designs for Best Forever, right? And so she's amazing. And so I think that's what people think of. She is an artist. Well, I create PowerPoints for every single class. And I know people might say, well, a PowerPoint has a template. It's not really creative. But I also have 97 undergraduate students in my large lecture class. And so I have to think about how I get information across to them that is engaging, relevant, that they care about, that in some ways can be entertaining, but also informative and accurate. And so I feel like I am creative with what I do in the classroom, how I reach students, social media, 
And I, I think the last year I've just really learned that I am a creator. I'm a creator of ideas and I am very thoughtful about how I can reach people, but I can't draw for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say those are some of the things that I've, I've learned this past year. <laughs> that is wonderful. A very nice, well-rounded response. And I would definitely concur. I think of you as a very creative person. And I am one of, you know, you're one of my favorite people to follow on social media because of the way that you interact with us and share your photos and behind the scenes stuff and mm -hmm. the choices that you make about, you know, pull quotes that you decide to share and, and the, the community creating that you're doing. That's a creative endeavor as well. And um, so, yeah, you're a very creative person. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so let's see, I'm going to answer the question as well. What did I learn? And of course, I learned a fudge ton. <laughs> 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 this is an explicit uh, podcast, so I could oh, use okay, whatever good. word I want to. But <laughs> um, <laughs> now that I know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think I've learned even more to trust my intuition about starting new projects when I had this the kernel of the idea of doing vibrant visionaries. I didn't know what I was going to call it yet. I mm -hmm. didn't know exactly what the theme was going to be. And I've actually been thinking about that theme for years, knowing that I wanted to host something and have conversations. And it took many different forms in my brain mm -hmm. and in my sketches and everything. But what it really came down to was wanting to have these kind of conversations where we're not sure exactly where they're going to go. But mm -hmm. the, the base layer of my intention is that I'm talking with people who I consider to be quite um, sort of naturally optimistic and compassionate and lifelong learners and mm -hmm. people have really interesting out of the box ideas and that I would be you know, bringing my personality and my sensibilities and my sense of humor and, yeah. <laughs> and my love of connecting with people. And also, you know, to combat some depression that happens for me when I feel disconnected. Yeah. And so to me, one thing I've learned over this last year is that following my intuition and gut and being bolder has paid off. And I think the largest example of that was when I applied for that um, press pass to go to Fantastic Fest. I just had no idea how many opportunities it was going to mm -hmm. bring to me. And up until the point of going to Fantastic Fest, I had interviewed folks that I already had a relationship with one way or another as they were fellow podcasters or longtime friends or something to that degree. But it was really exciting to step into going, hey, I'm here. I'm a I'm a press person <laughs> and just mm -hmm. sort of like owning that and not not yeah. doubting like that I belong there anymore, you know, any less or more than anybody else. They yeah. gave me the opportunity to talk with people that are have been doing these um, some of these creative things on a larger scale, you know, whether it be a, a major film production or they've put out several films things like that, or a lot of fellow podcasters. Like when I went to that Fantastic Fest, I was like, yeah. oh my God, everybody I'm meeting is like also a podcaster. Yeah. So, so going to that festival, what I learned was 
booking the flight and booking the Airbnb and then booking the hotel and booking the car and driving the car, the rental and all that. It took some, you know, energy and some steps and some battling of social anxiety that happens for me, but that it, that paid off huge dividends in that I have all these new opportunities oh, yeah. to talk with a wider range of folks and some, you know, folks that might bring more listeners because their names, you know, yeah. as soon as I put, I spoke with Sam Jones of Flash Gordon, I got more people that subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. So, like, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's one of the things that I felt like I really kind of embraced over 2018 was just like, take these opportunities. There's really nothing to lose. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say, no, you know, we don't consider you press and we're not going to invite you, you know, and so what you go? Oh, yeah, well, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. But just just stepping more into that boldness has really, really been amazing. I had some similar experiences to that. I went to LA PodFest in fall 2017, um, which was in LA. And got to see some of my favorite podcasts live. But I also met uh, Paul Gilmartin from Mental Illness Happy Hour. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed that podcast. I really enjoy him. I think he's one of the funniest and compassionate speakers that just has so much to say in such like a short amount of time. And just like everything he said, Mm -hmm. he's just dropping bombs in your head. You're like, oh, oh. And you (laughs) think about all these things. And so I went and saw his live show. It was great. And then... I saw that people were going up to talk to him. I was like, well, I guess I could go up to talk to him. And I went up to him and I just said, you know, thank you for the podcast. I have my students listen to it. And he was like, well, what do you do? I said, well, I teach communication. He's like, you want me to come into your class? And I was like, what? And then I was like, well, I'm not local. He he goes, what do you mean you're not local? I said, I'm from Michigan. He goes, okay, you're definitely not local. (laughs) He Skyped into the dark side of interpersonal communication class that I have twice this past year to talk to my students about the intersection of relationships and mental health. Mm. And then I had him on the podcast in early November to talk about mental health and how to have difficult conversations. And so same thing with you. I didn't even ask him anything. The fact that I went up to him, (laughs) sometimes there are people who are just want to make those connections themselves. Or, you know, he talks about his purpose a lot. And his purpose is to talk about mental health and to do that with students and to do that on a podcast about friendship where friends are interacting with friends that where they both could have anxiety or depression or other traumas of things going on. Like, how do you communicate? And that has been really a wonderful connection. And so, yeah, I would have never gone out to LA to the podcast. I went by myself. <laughs> I would have never yeah. done that. So, I mean, I go to movies by myself, no problem. <laughs> but to go across the country and go to a festival by yourself when other people are there together because they're from the LA area. Yeah, no, that was a great connection. Yeah, that's how this one was too. Yeah. I went by myself and and it actually really gave me more opportunities because I just sit at a table with somebody and then strike up a conversation with them and mm-hmm. people were very open. And Paul Gilmartin is such a great example of that too, is that when you're talking with people and just kind of sharing your experiences in life and maybe how they've affected your life like him mm-hmm. and his podcast. Yeah. It comes off as as just very authentic and like a real natural connection oh, yeah. where you're just kind of chatting and and that's how I felt out there is like I could just talk at Fantastic Fest about 
love of film and love of podcasting, if that ended up being a conversation. <laughs> Sounds and, like it might have uh, come up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it just felt very natural. So I didn't feel yeah. like, oh, I have to impress this person or, yeah. you know, I think that's another thing too, to just remind people out there is if when they are maybe running into people that they've admired for a long time or listened to on things or, you know, enjoyed what they've created out there in the world is that just talk with them like they're real folks because they are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the kernels of truth about how they've affected your life is real to them. And uh, yeah. you know, the folks that put on LA PodFest, they recognize the power of podcasting and mm -hmm. did the Earbuds podcast documentary, which I really mm -hmm. loved and spoke to me. And, and Paul Gilmartin, just to respond to that, like when I used to listen to his podcast, I had to step away from it for a while because I was in a different, different space. But when, when I was in the space where I really needed to soak in that discussion mm -hmm. that got me to therapy I mean I started going to therapy again because of listening to his podcast and then ultimately that led to me in you know a couple of different steps to finding a coach and mm -hmm. then becoming a coach because that's awesome the steps were there like the steps to move forward and feel more self-confident and more self-actualized really grew out of at first going, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> Things aren't working in my brain right. And it feels funky and bad and I don't like it. And I need to figure out some new strategies and, and ways of dealing with this. Well, I have to say that in some ways, that's how I came to podcasts. I mean, I'm such a huge TV person and movie person that the first time I sat down to listen to a podcast, I was like, so do I just sit here? Is this what radio was like? You just sit here and listen? <laughs> and now I realize, no, you do it while you're doing other things. Like I listen when I get ready in the morning and when I'm driving and when I'm working out and so on and so forth. But I just wasn't very happy a few years ago, I was just having a lot of difficulties. And then I, I had a summer, I think it was 2016, that I didn't have any classes that I was taking as a student or teaching as a professor. And I had a summer off, I labeled it the summer of Elisa. Mm. <laughs> and I was trying to really like focus on myself and what did I want? What did I want to do? How could I like, find the path back to the things that make me happy, whether small or large? One of the things was working out. You know, I really liked the podcast Serial. That was the first one I listened to because uh, my best friend recommended it to me and I like true crime. So I was like, okay. And I found it to be very fascinating. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I can listen to a podcast while I work out. And so I started with mainstream because, you know, I didn't know anything about podcasting at all. And so I started with my favorite murder and just the humor of those two ladies and their friendship and sort of building that community of connection with the people who are listening was really helpful in building a lot of friendships that I have now. I would say I have four new friends uh, since my favorite murder came out that I would say are some of my best friends. And so I definitely think that my favorite murder brought me to a lot of things, but it also brought me to The Dollop, which is my favorite podcast. It's the history comedy podcast hosted by Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. And Dave Anthony is one of the 
organizers for LA Podfest. And it's just something about the learning and the humor and that I felt like when I was listening, I felt like that Gareth Reynolds and I had like grown up at the same time. I'm like, every reference he says, I get, I was like, you are, were you in my childhood? Like, what is that? Get out of my head, buddy. Like, this is crazy. And so it was some of those podcasts that got me thinking about how could I do a podcast? Not what they're doing, but what I do, what my purpose is, what I like. And that led me to the Friendship Podcast and talk about Full Circle when I was able to have Gareth Reynolds on Best Forever's talking about how friendship is important in collaboration and comedy. And so he was on the episode of Best Forever's called The Devil Inside You. And yeah, he's a real person, just like everyone else. <laughs> and after it, off mic, off the recording, he goes, you did really good. You didn't freak out at all. <laughs> Adorable. But yeah, I was able to do it. But I think that it's just amazing to me how different things can lead us to different things in our life. And I would have never imagined that I would be a podcaster or that I would... And just thinking like how my networks have expanded through meeting all these people through doing the podcast, whoever they might be. Um, You know, I've contacted whenever I see friendship stories on BuzzFeed, something that goes viral, I always try to contact those people on social media to see if they want to talk to me about it. Because the one thing I can say about Best Forevers that makes me feel really good about doing it and, and that it can go on forever is that we all have friends. We all have friends that are important to us and we celebrate. We all have friends that cause problems for us and we ruminate over and there really isn't anyone else talking about it. And and so I just think that a lot has changed from coming to podcasts and being able to, to learn so much and meet so many people and share it with so many people. In 2016, Summer of Elisa really turned out well for 2019 Elisa. <laughs> <laughs> so- I'll have all of these questions written down. Um, and maybe if you're interested, um, the ones we don't get to today on the podcast, if you feel like sharing the answers to them, you can oh, share them with me and everybody else, you know, feel free to answer these questions that I'll run through the rest of the questions. And then you and I can just maybe riff on one or two of them before we wrap up today. How does that sound, Elisa? Sounds great. So the first one that we went through already was what did you learn in 2018? And we learned a lot. (laughs) We learned a lot. And uh, then the next one, which is, I think, a really important question to ask ourselves is when were you brave? How and when, you know, did you act in bravery in 2018? And I think that can be a really introspective and interesting Mm -hmm. question that also reminds us of, of just how resilient and um, amazing we all are as human beings. Mm -hmm. And then the next one for 2018 is what are you ready to let go of or say goodbye to? (laughs) (laughs) And then for 2019, you're thinking ahead of this brand new year is what do you want more of? Mm -hmm. What are you ready to embrace? And then this one is my big question that I love to ask everybody is, if you have a big, big dream or wish or goal that you just want to come true in 2019, what would it be? 
when I ask you to do this, to talk about a big goal or a dream or a wish is part of it is because a lot of times we keep that secret. Mm -hmm. Maybe even with our closest best friends, sometimes it's hard for us to maybe say out loud something that we really hope might happen because it might sound silly to other people or unattainable. Or if you speak it, then will you be embarrassed if it doesn't happen? Or, you know, like that there's so much. But if you're able to step back and say, regardless of what happens, here's something I hope might happen. Part of what can happen is you're letting other people in on helping you get that yeah. that goal going um, because they know what it is that you're hoping to accomplish. And then also you can remind yourself, look at it kind of like a, a vision board. Making a vision board and saying, I'm envisioning this thing means it's something that you can look at and say, hmm, if I was going to work this week on making this thing happen, what kind of things could I start doing? What sort of action can I take? So it's not about just putting it out there into the universe and letting the universe give it to you. I do feel like the universe can conspire to help you, but I feel like, you know, ultimately, yeah, it's your responsibility to take those actions, but it, it really helps when you let other people in on it and mm -hmm. especially your friends, your confidants, your yeah. folks that are um, willing to, to help you work through a problem and help you solve it or, or just dream and think larger than maybe sort of your everyday goals and ideas. So, so yeah, so out of all of that, what ones would you like to choose or when were you brave? What are you ready to let go of or say goodbye to? What do you want more of? What are you ready to embrace? Or what's your big goal or wish for 2019? If anything could happen, which ones are popping out to you? Well, there are a couple and I think they might be related. But I also think that when I say that, it's going to be like, feel free to go higher. <laughs> but, you know, I also... I have in 2018 started doing manifest voicemails with voice messages with mm. my friends. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that I've never done before. And sometimes I struggle with the wording and it's like something I'm working on. Right. And so, but it is very much, you start to see like when you're focused on things, you start to do those things. So if I'm thinking about it, hey, reflect, and then I'm doing those things, hey, intend, right? Like, <laughs> right. It makes sense. And it also makes me think of my favorite movie of last year, which was eighth grade. And eighth grade is about a girl, Kayla, and her last week of eighth grade before she goes to high school. You know, I don't know, she's quiet. So I don't know if she's like, shy, or you know, like, they. I don't think they really get into that. But they show her at the beginning of the movie doing, she has a YouTube channel and she's talking about how she can, I don't remember what the topic is, but it's like being better at something. Mm -hmm. And then you can see her getting ready for school in the bathroom and she has all these sticky notes about things. And it's like all these manifestations essentially, right? All the things, it's her vision board and sticky notes on her bathroom mirror. And really what it was is like, she wanted to get out there she wanted a better life. She didn't have any friends. She It was like she couldn't connect with other people. But when she went on her YouTube channel, it was very much like, this is what I think I'm like. But really, it was her manifestations. And really, the only person who was watching them were her. And so it's. I think she's really does embrace sort of letting go. She burns a box of things from the previous year. 
to, to look to the next year. And I don't know, as you were talking and going through the questions, I was just, you made me think about that movie sort of in a new way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think about that. I think that she was brave, that she let go of things, and she was ready to sort of take on being a high school student. But I think like taking on this idea of manifesting or reflecting and intending or taking on what Kayla did, I think is good for all of us, but it can be scary too. So I don't know what you're thinking. Do you want me to answer the questions I was thinking about? Or do you, or did you want to choose two that we are both going to answer? Like, what do you think, Heidi? I think go ahead and answer whatever speaking to you and then I'll okay. do the same. All right, cool. So I would say that um, in 2018, I was brave when a particular confrontation occurred you know, I'm not going to go into all the details and name people and things like that, but had a confrontation that was pretty traumatic to me and uh, perhaps traumatic to how I viewed myself in my career. I was brave in the sense that, okay, I was upset about it. I have an MO. I cry, I get mad, and then I do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's like emotion, reflect, intent. <laughs> that's, my, that's my amendment. Okay, uh, And I went around to every single person who witnessed that confrontation, asked them what they thought, where they thought I was, if they wanted me as a colleague, how they thought I fit in. And what I did was take information from everyone so that although I had no idea that this event was going to happen or that there was someone who felt a certain way about me. I had no idea that I wasn't meeting expectations. And what I say is you don't know what you don't know what you don't know. Right. And sometimes I think as humans, we have expectations for people, but we don't communicate them. So it can be really frustrating and angry when people don't meet the expectations that we have for them. But if they don't know what those expectations are, then it's being set up for failure, for example. And so for me, like not knowing that was going to happen after it happened, the other person walked out and didn't come back to the meeting. I stayed in that meeting with my colleagues, even though I was crying. I stayed after and I talked to people. I went around to every single person, even though it was sort of traumatic uh, event and asked them what they thought. And then for the next year, really took all that heart to say like, okay, now that I have this information, what can I do with it? And I think it would have been really easy for me to just be like, well, screw this, like, whatever, if you don't care, I don't care. Like, there's lots of ways where we can use as an excuse not to confront something, or to have a difficult conversation. And sometimes it's just easier to go home and drink wine and watch TV or whatever, but rather than like confront it and reflect on yourself, even though you might not be the problem. Right. And thinking about, though, if I'm not the problem, is there still something here that I can learn that I can be a better person, be more aware, be more thoughtful, be clearer in my communication, be more friendly and asking for help? So that was my brave moment. No jumping out of no jumping out of airplanes. But yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's real life, too. And the things that you pointed out too are that are so important, I think, are there's emotion involved here. So sure, we all want to be just level headed and be able to respond to, say, criticism or or a misunderstanding with perfect a plum and just, you know, be able to be reflective and understand and be emotionally intelligent and yeah, and be able to move forward or whatever. Yes. <laughs> but the messy, the messy, um, illogical part of it 
and what I, I just mean illogical and that our emotions are not logical. They just kind of do what they're going to do is that that is also part of the story and it's an integral part of the process that it's really valuable for us to say, oh, this is going to be part of it and that's okay. So let me let me process these emotions and mm-hmm. have a good cry or a yell or, or whatever needs to happen to kind of let those move through you so that yeah. you can take those steps and learn from the lesson. So yeah, I'm glad you brought in that as part of part of the whole process there. Uh, emotions are okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, what and then what was the other let's say one other one that that uh, spoke to you that you'd like to answer? Well, embracing is quick. Um and then I'll answer the last one. What am I ready Perfect. to embrace? I turned 40 this year and I am a okay with it. I say I'm 40 AF. I think that I'm really embracing being 40 and wanting to do the things that I want to do and a lot of that is now that I understand that I'm creative that I want to continue to create. And there are little glimmers of creativity in the past I like to bring back. I used to have a blog. So this past November, I did the National November Writing Month, where Mm -hmm. technically, people write a novel in 30 days. I wrote 30 blog posts in a day or in a month. So, um, and so that is something that I want to see take off is how I can use the blog and my podcast and what I teach, like to bring it all together, reach more people through a blog that's connected to a podcast that might be connected to an organization or connected to projects. And, and so I don't know if I have it fully formed. And like I said, you might be thinking you can dream bigger, but I'd really like to see all of it come together. Sometimes I don't like the word brand because I think it sounds strategic versus like authentic, Mm -hmm. but I mean it in the authentic terms, like all these things come together to reflect sort of why I'm here and can help people, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It makes sense. And I understand that sometimes when we use those marketing terms and things, Mm -hmm. it can sound a little, like you said, strategic versus authentic. But of course, being strategic is okay, too. I think that's a whole nother podcast we could have about owning this strategery. (laughs) (laughs) And that part of being creative is saying, I'm going to take these steps to make it easier for people to find the information that I want to share, because it is connected to, you know, your purpose. So of course, you want people to find it and find it useful. So yes, awesome. I love it. So well, I'm going to say for the new year, Mine is going to be a personal wish to spend much more time swimming and dancing and moving and being within my body in all of its perfectly imperfect ways. (laughs) All of its perfect and imperfect glory. Yes. Um, And that is so important for me because here I am, I'm in my underwear and a t-shirt and no bra sitting behind a mic. And I love that (laughs) that's where I am. 
<laughs> but <laughs> podcasting <laughs> podcasting <the> can be <laughs> yes <laughs> podcasting can be a rather sedentary activity <laughs> and with all my love of watching netflix and mm-hmm. other television offerings and movies and all that stuff over the years i have been less and less connected to my uh, love of movement. And mm-hmm. so I really, that's something that, you know, you guys can unjudgmentally <laughs> <laughs> observe and support in the new year in 2019 for me is just checking out how I decide to go take a dance class or go do some kayaking or whatever I decide to do. But I'm going to be coming at it from a place that I have to be self-compassionate because I'm Mm -hmm. not in that great a shape right now. But yeah, you know, I'm moving a little bit more and more as the weeks and months go by. So that is my big, big, big dream is lots of swimming, lots of sunshine, lots of dancing and moving and just connecting. I'm definitely on board for the dancing. Awesome. (laughs) Well, before we wrap up today, uh, I just want to remind everybody that, yeah, I'd love to hear your answers to these questions. And I will, you know, I'll hold those answers in confidence if you'd like, or if you want to share those answers in a more public way, let me know. If you email me, let me know whether you want me to share those on the podcast or not. I'm happy to share them. I want to thank my newest Patreon supporters, Rick and Julia, for being part of the Patreon crew. We're over there sharing, and I'd love to hear uh, your answers over there in the Patreon as well. And then the final thing I wanted to mention was that you and I, as I mentioned earlier, we collaborated on, I say collaborate on because it did kind of end up being sort of a more of a Mm -hmm. collaboration than a straight up interview, I think. Yeah on one of your um, earlier episodes of Best Forevers. And I think you said, well, the title of the episode is Circle of Compassion. Yep. And I will share a link to that. But I want to make sure that if you're interested in hearing more about our conversation around compassion and and the definition of that and, and dealing with traumas and illness and all this death and all this crazy stuff. If you want to hear some real deal conversation around that and how to how to navigate those with compassion for yourself and for others and the world that I really I recommend that episode. I think we really we went in deep. I think we did. Yeah. We did good. (laughs) We did. I'm proud of us. (laughs) It's the Beyonce episode of all the best forevers episodes. (laughs) You'll want to check it out. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah, before we wrap up, I wanted to thank Elisa. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been just a pleasure (laughs) to witness all of your creative endeavors and to to be here for, uh, you know, hearing your answers to these these questions and they'll you know definitely want to check back in with you throughout the the year and see how things are panning out with the new blog and and your podcasts and all that stuff celebrate good times (laughs) oh my gosh so okay before we say see you later how can people best find and connect with you and your podcast and all the podcasts and all your creative endeavors 
Oh, of course. So uh, Best Forevers is Best Forevers Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And its webpage is bestforeverspod.com. And uh, Fatalities is on Twitter and on Instagram. No webpage yet, but will be hopefully in early 2019. <laughs> um, but that is Fatalities Pod and the T's. And Fatalities is spelled T-E-A-S because I say that's where we like to spill the tea. Um, and then <laughs> you can follow me on uh, Twitter myself as Dr. Alisa Lucas. And I also have Gmail accounts for both Best Forever's Pod and Fatalities Pod at gmail.com. So those are all good ways to get a hold of me. I spend a lot of time online and a lot of time on social media. So tweet at me, message me, come follow me, whatever you like to do. I'm there. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. And you all know where to find me. I'm at vibrantvisionaries.com. And if you're curious about how to work with me as a multi-creative coach, that's at heidibennett.com. And you can find all my social links through those websites as well. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>